Welcome to the Everlasting Education Podcast, the best of education through a gentle contempt for education. Happy summer, folks. Scott Postman, Joffrey Sweet here, uh, your host. And today we're going to talk about how to explain classical education to your friends and family. <laughs> right. How to how to uh, assist them through their stunned, uncomprehending looks. Those of you who are homeschoolers are already familiar with that look. You're, you're doing what now? <laughs> yeah, right. right. And you know, and uh, any move away from the accepted norm. Uh, is going to feel eccentric. And the truth is, it's a journey. And so sure. as you're going through that journey, you're finding new ways to amaze and confound your loved ones or even just your acquaintances. And then you arrive at, okay, well, classical education. So how do I explain classical education? In a way, we are going to, we're going to be approaching from a different angle the mm -hmm. question what is classical education right, exactly so th this is that you know stunned incomprehensible you know uh you know look that you get from folks because from the outside sometimes it looks like you're doing some new thing like you know the way sometimes people treat curriculum or a new business or a new venture of some sort and so when you're asked about classical education, they're asking you in such a way that kind of sets you up to not be able to explain it very well. You know, that old fallacy right. that we were talking about before. So, um, you know, that <laughs> what we call a complex fallacy where they say, you know, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Yeah. Have you stopped taking <laughs> drugs? You know, no matter how you answer the question, you're going to implicate yourself. So how can you explain this to folks uh, in a way that makes sense? And maybe it helps us understand what we're doing better. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the best ways we can we can equip ourselves for that is to clearly understand that classical Christian education is not a curriculum right it's not a series of steps or stages it's not a recipe yeah well I, so i get this question from schools who are trying to transition um to classical education homeschooling families who are you know starting to think classically about education and their friends are like what are you doing what are you using and so they're expecting the answer like we're using a becca or bob jones or ace or one of the you know the, the christian curriculums and you know, classical education is both a pedagogy and it is a pedagogy applied to a particular pool of knowledge. Right. right? So, so those are the two things that, that we want to unpack a little bit. And I think one of the, actually a great way of approaching this may be, you know, a question that, uh, that I know you've heard is, uh, can I do Charlotte Mason and classical education? Right. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> That goes back to that that kind of complex fallacy. So you're you're thinking of it when, when that question is asked, it's being thought of as you know Charlotte Mason is one approach and classical education is another approach. But I would say classical education is a philosophy that encompasses um, you know a lot of different ways or different curriculums that can be used because it's a philosophy of of thinking about education. Right. You could classically educate and let's say have your kid taking a, a math class at a local government school. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, <laughs> but right. That's, you know, there's not some sort of, you know, you must follow a certain recipe very strictly. 
you know, instead what it is is a family attitude, a parent attitude as they educate their children. Yeah, absolutely. So you could use um, Shoreman math, you could use Saxon math, you know, right. any of those and still educate classically. So let's talk a little bit about how we break down classical education. And I think maybe the best way to start in the pedagogy is thinking about the trivium, right? You have mm-hmm. a grammar, a logic, and a rhetoric, and those are subject matters that we often treat individually, but it's also approached to every subject that you study. There's a grammar to our language. There is a logic to how we use that language to communicate. And then we have the fine art of using it persuasively and effectively. Right. Right. But that's true of math and any other subject. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, it's, it's important that you approach the subject and it may be that uh, you you can study all of history. You can study Western history. You can study French history. You can study the history of your hometown all classically yeah. because you're approaching it through the the grammar, the logic, and the rhetoric of it. And I, I think another, you know, so we can talk about the trivium and the quadrivium, uh, the trivium particularly essential. But you know, there's also embedded in classical Christian education is the idea that the student must explore, must be motivated, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And 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 inculcating that that self motivation um, is is a classical thing to do. And I'm not just talking about you know some sort of ideal. Like there are, there are many teachers. Um, you know, throughout this country who would say, well, that's what any good teacher will do. Mm-hmm. Say, well, exactly. Right. right. Like, yeah, there's right. there's, there's a the reason this is classical education is <laughs> because we, we, we know, we knew that. Right. Right. So, but it's specifically not an information dump. It is teaching students to learn. Well, I love that you use the term information dump because when you think of the modern education, it's box checking. Exactly. You know, we've done this. We've you know we we've completed this box. We've checked this off, and and we go through our list of things to do. But if we used, for example, the history of your hometown, you were talking about that a moment ago. You could study that classically. Well, you might start with you know what's the history, who are the figures, then you you know math, science, literature, uh, history, all of that would be integrated into that if you were thinking classically, because part of classical education is thinking about the whole and how all the parts fit. And then you reach the final stage, you know, final in a, in, <laughs> you know, education is never really final, but that final stage of, of your studies of your hometown, you are, you would be able to lead tours, yeah, right? Because, because you've, you've mastered the subject to a degree yourself and you're able, you're able to project it. Well, and I think, you know, talking about mastery, that's another aspect of classical education is that it is mastery before creativity, you know, mm-hmm. if we put it in these terms. And what I mean by that is we, we want to master and understand something before someone's able now to go do something with it. So if somebody said, well, you just creatively become a tour guide, you know, and, right. and you make up your own story about it or something, which is a, a, a Interestingly and weirdly, that's the approach to much of modern education, right, is we want you to use your own mind and, 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 and be creative, but the mind has to be formed correctly first. Right. So then, you know, you can actually do that kind There's of no work. structure for the cre- creativity to stand on. You know, when we talked about the, you know, this before on this podcast, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned the fact that my, my wife received a lot of, she, she got her degree in, in fine arts and painting. And she received a lot of very structured, excellent instruction 
uh, went to a, went to a school. Anyway, she had a whole like sh- she received all that before she got to college, and then freshman year, um, it was just you know there there was no teaching skills, nothing for all these brand new art students. It was just okay, this, you know, your first year, like, go ahead and express yourself. Yes. How? (laughs) How? (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things I want to be sure we we bring up as we talk about structure and being able to express yourself, uh, you know, we mentioned Charlotte Mason already. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think that that's that's a good example of of what might be a a very open or free range approach Mm -hmm. to education. And so it's important that, uh, that that we understand and be able to explain to folks. I think a lot of people they picture classical education education as well. Then you have to do this and you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And they picture you know, maybe some Catholic school in Philadelphia that their <laughs> cousin went to or whatever. And you know you, you can have a course of study that is extremely regimented. Mm-hmm. Or a course of study that is, you know, setting a kid loose in a, in a room full of books. And both of those experiences can be classical. If there is the teacherly guidance to teach a student to learn for themselves the grammar, logic, and rhetoric. I, I love that. Um, so a couple of examples come to my mind. And, I, and sometimes when you get into too many particular examples, um, it you know, it, it sort of alienates, um, you know, the audience right. from, from the others. But I want to use a couple of, of particular examples that might be helpful to sort of illustrate what we're talking about. Uh, Alan Jacobs in his book on reading, one of his books on reading, and I forget the title of it right now, but um, it's like how to read or, or what to read or something. Um, and, and it's almost a play on Mortimer Adler's, mm-hmm. you know, how to read a book. And he talks about reading with, uh, with whim, you know, capital whim and small you know, minuscule whim. Um, and what he's doing there, he's making a technical use of these two words or the same word, but one with a capital letter to say there is a sort of um, uh, dialectical guidance of reading at, uh, at a whim, what's interesting to you, but then what's connected to that? Where does right. that lead you? And not just sort of a whim of like, I just, you know, feel carefree, I'm just reading everything, but there's sort of some structure and some thoughtfulness to where you're going to read. Yeah. The second example I would give, and I'd love to hear your response to both of these, is the idea of, say, woodworking, you know, or, or we could even use poetry. You know, there's there's something to to learning how to actually build something correctly before you go creatively express yourself, you know, right. how to, how to right. write At least poetry. What others form. have done before. Yeah. Right. Well, how do you, you know, how do you make dovetails? How do you, how do you make, you know, particular joints or, yeah. or the different things you have to learn. And if you're not a good craftsman, then there's nothing really to express. And the same thing I would say is true of poetry. So there's yeah. a few examples of what we're talking about. Well, you know, with the, with the first example you give, you know, of, of, uh, how how things basically what you're talking about is integration in reverse. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you know we we often talk uh, on this podcast about classical education, like a big part of it being the integration of subjects and things coming together. But you know that that that's just the nature of reality. Right. Things coming together, <laughs> uh, and and you know it, this is the nature of 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 our creator. And so when we're studying something, it's very natural that uh, that the integration will ebb and flow. You'll be reading a very narrow specific thing. And then that leads to questions. Yes. Well, what about this? What about that? Here I go. Rabbit trail, et cetera. 
and following the rabbit trails, right? And, right? and following those rabbit trails that are leading with wonder and curiosity, because now I want to know more about this particular person or about right. this particular place. Um, I find the bibliography at the end of a lot of books very yes. helpful because I, you know, I want to know where they got their sources or where they're coming from and then explore this topic a little bit further. So that's always a helpful way of, of, of reading. But you said something that I think is really, really important that I don't want our listeners to miss. And you talked about this is the education of reality because reality is whole and a classical education sees education that way, that we are studying the whole and we're studying the parts of the whole and understanding how those parts connect. John of Salisbury in his work, Metalogicon, which he's, you know, a medieval uh, scholar on liberal arts education. And he says that uh, the kind of education that he's talked about in liberal arts is the kind that follows the creator, the Trinitarian creator who created a cosmos whose parts, you know, complement each other. And that's what education looks at. And he goes so far as to say is anybody who uses education differently than to see that comprehensive whole should be considered a public enemy because it undermines mm. what reality looks like, which is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> given our modern, you know, picture of things. Well, you know, I, I think that that what how that informs uh, our question uh, is that you know it's we we want to tell the people who are oh what are you doing now? Okay, classical education. It, you know, I hope we've driven in that we it's, it's to be emphasized that we're not talking about a curriculum or a course of study. We're talking about an approach to education that, in a sense, this doesn't uh, abdicate any authority. It's child centered, right? Yeah. It's it's about it's about shaping the child, not giving them a checklist, not equipping them. You know, this is all stuff that we've talked about before. Uh, but you know, I think it's important that we ourselves have firmly in our mind that you know we're not talking about a curriculum. Now, it's fine, absolutely fine, if uh, you are if you have a curriculum that covers most of the subjects that mm-hmm. you're, you're just buying off off of the shelf. It comes in a box. That's great. Or it's great if you decide you know Kepler can teach all the major subjects and archery club is the only thing that it won't be Kepler. Yeah, uh, you know that that's absolutely wonderful. But. We're talking about a philosophy that may be frightening for some of the people you talk to, but I think for most of them, it'll be, uh, oh, okay. You, you, what you're really doing here is being thoughtful about education. And one of the things that one of the, the I think the vices of, of homeschooling parents is constantly hopping from curriculum to curriculum, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's, that's something that you've gone through recently. You know, that's okay. Like, yeah. you know, it, it happens. But, you know, I think that it becomes less stressful. You know, don't think of it as curriculum hopping. I mean, right. it's nice if you can, you know, you stick to the same math program for a few years or whatever. But really, you're just taking care of your kid. Right. You're raising your kid. And so one year it's math a certain way, another year it's math another way, and, and that's fine. But the, the nervous energy, the nervous frenzy, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's what we want to avoid. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you bring up an important topic, and I know we've covered this before, but I think it's a good time to, to bring this in. But, you know, classical education is really raising your children, passing on a view of the world, a view of reality. Um, and that includes everything from theology to math, right? This is, right. this is what it looks like. And 
you know, when we use these curriculums and, and we find one is more helpful here or helpful there, that's fine. You can, you know, use us. We don't want to fall into the trap of the marketer who says, you know, we've got you covered here and, and this is the education in our, our little, you know, world that we've created. Um, but also to think about your individual children. And, and that's why I say we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but classical education allows you to see the differences in the proclivities, the desires the wonder of each of our children. And so it may look just slightly different. And so we don't have to confuse the processes with the actual education, right? We don't, we don't want it with the value that's going to come. We don't have to conflate those. Right. I mean, how many school teachers just never finish their book that year? Like, right. That's just, just this the norm. Now, what if you had the confidence, the classical verve, to choose what parts you skipped for your kid. Yeah, right. absolutely. Thoughtfully. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to simply just not finishing the program. We got as much as we could in, but we right. didn't get finished, and we're going to have to pick up next year where we left off, and, and there's and, all that stress. And even if that is what happened to you, just I mean, that's what happens to, yeah. <laughs> to teachers across the country. It's okay. But really, like, what, what if you just decided that your education should be tailored to your kid? I love that idea. I I think often of, you know, certain textbooks that, you know, there's, you know, there's a comprehensive textbook, say, let's just use math, for example, and it's going to cover all the different, you know, uh, different concepts that they're going to learn. But maybe there's a handful of them that are very important that actually lead to understanding other concepts, you know, as they practice these, they'll, they'll learn those and you can focus on on those few and begin to expand their math and their understanding. Because again, what we want to approach is that holistic understanding of reality and all math, you know, converges at some point. Right. <laughs> well, what do we do when you have, um, I don't know, a neighbor, a parent, a family. And so they're asking like, so what is this classical education you're doing now? Because you were doing, you know, this other curriculum before, what is this now? How could we summarize what we've talked about and how could we answer this question and talk to our family and friends? Or maybe it's that person who says, I love what your kids are doing. I love what they're talking about. How do I do this with my own kids? How could we in a summary way, Talk to our neighbor about classical education. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the word I would choose to, to open this um, because we've already established, hey, we're not talking about a curriculum, but you don't need to say that, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're talking really about a philosophy, but that's a daunting yeah. word. I would say that you start with, I'm just talking about an approach. Classical education is an approach to education. Mm -hmm. And I think immediately that will give people sort of, you know, just a a vision of, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm walking down the path and I'm looking at things a certain way. And what is that approach? Classical education is an approach to raising my kids, to educating them. Uh, It's an approach to education that teaches our kids to be able to learn for themselves and think for themselves. And if you want to keep going, it's an approach to education that teaches our kids to learn for themselves going through the grammar, logic, and rhetoric of every subject. Absolutely. Well, there, there's a word, there's an ancient word called paideia um, that the Greeks use that when a person was educated this way, uh, with this approach, that they became a virtuous citizen of the state. And that was the goal of a classical education. As a Christian, I I always go back to this because I think it's very vital that Christian classical educators 
parents and, and teachers all understand this. When the Apostle Paul in, in his letter to the Ephesians said, you know, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, one of the words he used there is paideia. Mm-hmm. But he gives that prepositional phrase, uh, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So there's a particular kingdom to which we are raising them, the paideia. And he uses that word on purpose because the ancient classical world would have understand that word and it yes. meant something to them. And he's giving a, a distinction here. This is how we want to raise our children. So if we raise them up holistically to love God, uh, enjoy him forever, enjoy the creation and be expressive and understand how we fit and where we fit in the cosmos, we're giving them a classical education. Right. Yeah. I think paideia is the word we, uh, we bring out after your friend asks you yeah, don't, don't. after the, when you're starting the second cup of tea, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real conversation. Now you, you trot out the word paideia because it really is. I think that that classical education in our universe, the way it is now in our world um, is a, a unique enough thing that we do need to have a specific word to describe what we're trying to do, right? Yep. And so, and paideia is a great word for that. So in summary, it is an approach that incorporates a grammar, logic, and rhetoric to understanding reality. Um, it is a paideia, right? We're, we're looking at it that way. And it is an approach that is applied to the best that has been thought and written over the course of history. And we want to read with a whim. We want to look at the best. We can't read everything. Um, and so that would be in some what a classical education is or how we could explain it. Absolutely. Raising your children to be men and women in full and fully in God. Well, thanks everybody. Have a great summer. So long. <laughs>